You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. How's it going, Chiefs Kingdom? And welcome to episode 59 of the Great British Chiefs Show with your boys from the kingdom representing the kingdom. Myself, Brad Simcox, and our headlines editor, Tom Childs. This week, we'll be giving you our thoughts and takeaways from the Chiefs' defeat to the Bills and giving you our reasons why this game isn't all doom and gloom. Far from it. We'll also take our usual look at how the weekend's results affect the Arrowhead Pride power rankings before taking a sneak peek at the Chiefs' opponents in Week 7, the San Francisco 49ers. But first... Bills make me wanna shout. kick your heels up and shout. throw your hands up and shout. throw your head back and shout. come on now the bills are making it happen now stand up now come on and shout yeah 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 shout it right now baby come on so I thought this uh, this start of the show for the butt first would be all about fandom because we're all fans. Whether you are a fan of the Chiefs, whether you're a fan of the Bills, whether you're a fan of Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah, I will shoehorn that guy's name in anywhere. But fandom does come at a price sometimes. And Tom found that out big time when he took on the Bills Mafia. Did you win, mate, or did you <laughs> Did you intentionally want to take on the Bills Mafia? Like, I don't send tweets to annoy people. I do. Yeah, I know you do. <laughs> I know you do. But I sent a tweet out on Sunday, purely just saying that I was happy that the Chiefs only conceded 24 points, which has been the general consensus amongst a lot of Chiefs fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I might have made a statement about it being Josh Allen's statement game, because I do believe that it was Josh Allen's biggest ever regular season win and his most important ever regular season win, and I will die on that hill. <laughs> but, you know... Bill's Mafia found the tweet and I have never been attacked on social media like quite like I was on Sunday. And well, it wasn't even Sunday, it's still going today. I was it's gonna say going you're now. still getting attacked. <laughs> it's still going now. Like I went to bed on Sunday evening, a little annoyed about the Chiefs game, but not like completely devastated. Like not like normally, not like the Colts game where I was like raging. I was kind of okay, but I sent that tweet out just before I went to bed and I thought nothing of it. Nothing's going to happen here. I woke up five hours later because, you know, we finished late in the game. Woke up five hours later to something stupid like 170 notifications. And then just throughout the day, it just went on and on and on. And Bill's fans, they, they're protective of their guy. They, they feel like I was being salty. I wasn't being salty. I was merely yeah. looking at it through the positives, the, uh, the Chiefs positives and the fact that they let they let, only let the Bills score 24 points. I was kind of happy with that as a Chiefs fan. I always fancy the Chiefs to win games if, if their team only scores 24 points against us. Historically, it's been a very good number for the Chiefs uh, every time the defence keeps uh, scores underneath that. But, you know, it didn't work out for us this time. But... I was looking at the positives and what we could be positive about going into a potential rematch in January. But Bill's Mafia are too blinkered and too Josh Allen tinted to uh, realise that was my overall point and they thought it was an actual attack on on their baby boy, Josh Allen. Yeah, uh, it did seem that way uh, from, the, uh, <laughs> from the comments, mate. I mean, to be fair, though, you did get a heck of a lot of likes. So the ratio, yeah. the ratio is not really kind of working from Bill's Mafia right now, is it? Because no. you got like what at the time of recording, three hundred and forty retweets, yeah, um, and one hundred and thirty quoted tweets. Now I can imagine what those one hundred and thirty quoted tweets were saying. I haven't uh, opened them once. <laughs> I was going to say I don't think I dare open them. <laughs> yeah, but 
like I said, you seem to have a good ratio going on there. So there's a lot of people backing you up on that comment. So I'd take that as a I'd take that as a win. You 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 fought off Bill's Mafia, and you didn't even take the bait like I normally do. No, there was no way in hell I was responding to any of these idiots. Like, not a chance. <laughs> like, 573 of them have come after me. <laughs> that's wow. like that's like a that's like a, a big hamlet or a big village in in the UK. It's just come that after is, me. You know, like you know, like the Simpsons meme where they all come down with the pitchforks after <laughs> it's Homer Simpson's fault that the dome's over there over Springfield. That's yeah. what it kind of feels like a little bit at the moment with uh, Bill's Mafia and the way they're coming after me. And it's not like the first time this happened as well. I got I got attacked by football fans last week on social media as well for sending out a pro Mahomes tweet that made all the other quarterbacks of the AFC West look bad. And that ended up with me getting abused on social media. Maybe I should just quit, quit socials. No, no, maybe no, no, not, no, no, no. You're actually winning, mate. They're, they're, keep going. Keep going. Yeah. You're earning that blue tick. <laughs> You're yeah. earning that blue check, Mark. It did make me laugh, though, because Nick Wright obviously uh, went on first things first. Yeah. And he just said the exact same things of what I basically said in that tweet. He just done it in a much more obnoxious, arrogant way than I ever would, but that you know, great, the point's still valid. <laughs> yeah, it was great. There. But it, it does, it does, you know, it does highlight the fandom that we all fear. I mean, we live and breathe our teams, don't we? I mean, we're very much the yeah. same. You know, we'll defend the Chiefs as much as we can to the hilt. And you know, if anybody's trying to attack our guy, I mean, look what happens when PFF put out a, a crazy tweet or a crazy stat where Mahomes is twelfth in the rankings yeah. or something. You know, Chiefs Kingdom will go down the throats of PFF or anybody who tries to suggest that Mahomes isn't an elite quarterback. Um, and I think that's just probably what Bills Mafia are feeling at the moment anyway now, because they are the way I see the Bills at the minute is how we were a good few years before we actually won a Super Bowl. Mm. Yeah. Where we would actually, you know, the, the team was coming on on the rise, you know, Mahomes was, you know, he was the new special thing. And the, the the bills just I just feel like they are almost similar to us at the minute in terms of complete fanaticism of their team. Because so does this mean that Patrick Mahomes plays the role of Tom Brady? Do, do you know what? <laughs> <laughs> I never thought of it like that, but yeah, I think you're quite right. I think it's almost yeah because there was the many a time that. where the Chiefs have beaten Tom Brady. There was I mean there was obviously that you know that game where. Uh, the Chiefs won 41, was it 41 14 against uh, the Patriots, and it was like you know, Chiefs fans were just all over the socials and Brady yeah. and everything. That like was that, a, all a that. fair while before the Tom uh, Patrick Mahomes days, but you know, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you know, what I I'm get what you mean, though. Like, like the Chiefs, the Chiefs kind of like ran the Patriots pretty close, the Tom Brady uh, Patriots pretty close in the regular season. Obviously, they beat them the year they won yeah. the Super Bowl. So yeah, I, I get it from that point. I don't know. I don't think I'm ready for the pay, uh, the Chiefs to be the bad guys of the NFL yet, though. Um, <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I'm there for it. And I know, obviously, a lot of people do see the Chiefs as the bad guys of the NFL. Like they're bored of the Chiefs' success already, and they are mm. wanting this this new team to be the best team. And yeah, I, I accept that the Bills probably are a better team than the Chiefs right now. Mm. But I won't accept that Josh Allen's a better quarterback than Patrick Mahomes. It's much closer. Than I always thought it was in the last 12 15 games, Josh Allen has been immense, yeah. But until he produces at that type of level for such a sustained period of time as Mahomes, and it obviously leads into hardware into the accolades, mm. then I always give the, the upper hand to Mahomes. And likewise, if you probably switched teams on Sunday. Mahomes probably does very well with Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis and that, but we're getting to more specific details about certain playmakers compared for either team going forward. But right now I I, I don't like this 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 whole situation of the Chiefs being the bad guys of the NFL and the Bills being this plucky upstart that everyone wants to crowdfund and yeah. back. You know what I mean? Like it's it, I just it doesn't sit right with me. And it, it goes back all the way to the AFC divisional game. And I got asked a question on five questions with B Buffalo Rumbins last week about the, the rule change, the overtime rule change. Oh, yeah. The, and they the asked me what my opinion on that was. And I was pretty blunt with them. I agree with the rule change. Mm -hmm. And I do agree with the rule change. I do believe that both teams should possess the ball in the second half, uh, in, in overtime. I it's think it's only fair. It's something we've been saying, isn't it? Yeah, we've been saying it's since only fair. Yeah. 
Yeah. But what my gripe was, and this is what I told the Bills Espionation site, my, my gripe with it was that they didn't change the rule for the Chiefs in 2019, mm. but they certainly changed it because it happened to the Bills in 2022. Yeah. Why did the Chiefs have to be the bad guys that forced through that overtime rule change? That's what I didn't like. And this is where I kind of stand with Bills and Chiefs at the moment. You've got the Bills that everyone loves and the Chiefs that everyone's bored of. And I'm just like sitting there thinking like, this is Patrick Mahomes you're watching and you're you're actively rooting against him and you're actively trying to find the, the these players, these teams that are better than him. And yeah, there is only one team that at the moment you can say that are on their level in the AFC for sure. And it is the Bills and 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 obviously Josh Allen. But stop trying to force these other teams amongst us. Just let these two be these two and let these two be great. I kind of went on a tangent. I don't really know what my overall point is there. But <laughs> overall, I think, I think, like, honestly, I've been talking for about three minutes now and I don't know what my original point was. But, you know, that 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 is this podcast summed up in a nutshell, isn't it? So <laughs> I love you going down a different avenue and I'm like, where's he going? Just let him talk. Just let, <laughs> Just him, talk. let him talk. <laughs> again, another meme. It's like the, the Fast and Furious meme, isn't it? Where they go down the, one, down the wrong turn. I'm still driving on and you're like, where's he going? Where's he going? <laughs> where's he going? No, but you're right, though. I mean, success like this does bring a lot of hatred. I mean... Mm. Yeah, I, I'm I'm perfect example of that with me and myself, Tom Brady, and I still don't like the Patriots to this day. Even because though Brady's not there and they're not, they're, they're, you know, they're not good anymore yeah. or anything like that. They, they, you know, I still have that hatred. Yeah, the Patriots. Um, but you're right. It's like I think success breeds that hatred, and yeah. and we've seen it over here many a time with with you know football teams over here. So, football slash soccer football teams over here where Man United were hated for years, weren't they, for having all yeah. that success. But when you look back now, you you actually almost admire the likes of what Alex Ferguson did for the sport, for the, you know, for Manchester United. He lived and breathed that team. And, you, you know, fans like us now will go, yeah, fair one. He was probably one of the greatest managers we've ever seen. Um, and it might be... You still where... can't do it for Tom Brady. <laughs> No, I can't do it for Tom Brady yet. No, I can't. I just can't do it. <laughs> but I think there will be a time where even Bills fans will go, do you know that Mahomes guy? He was pretty darn good. Yeah. So... I think the moral of the story is basically just don't go after Josh Allen on, on socials, even though it absolutely wasn't a dig at Josh Allen, to be clear. I it think wasn't. even if you can't, even after that game, I think even if you complimented Josh Allen after that game, you'd still get Bills Mafia after you. Yeah. I, I just think they were, they were, they were, they were itching for a fight. They were they were just ready on the socials, ready. Uh, as soon yeah. as that final whistle went, that was it. As soon as the game was over. Final on. whistle went. Yeah. <laughs> That's very English, isn't it? Yeah. But... <laughs> Amazing. Anyway, uh, we need to get into the game because um, there was a lot happened in this game. And and I will stay, start the show by saying this game I was thoroughly entertained with. And I even said it in our chat, didn't we? Mm. I mentioned uh, pretty much partway through the game, I was going, I am really enjoying this game because it was a toe-to-toe matchup. It was a quarterback versus quarterback. There was matchups all, all over the field. Um, and, you know, play calling was just, you know, it was tit for tat. It was such a an entertaining game to watch. It was a shame there was going to be a loser in all of this. And it, and I'm, I'm, I'm sad, obviously, in a way that obviously the Chiefs lost, but there were so many positives I thought there was a lot of positives outweighed the negatives in this, but there are some fundamental things that the Chiefs really, really seriously need to look into going into you know future games and, and obviously yeah. trying to prepare for the playoffs. Um, but, um, I mean, let's start with the positives. Let's start with the positives. Um, the Chiefs' defence, I thought they handled very well. Going off of what you were saying with your tweet, you know, the Chiefs' defence uh, held Josh Allen, a, a, a High octane offense like Josh Allen and Diggs and 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 Gabriel Davis, they held them to twenty four points, and the Chiefs were banged up. Let's yeah, say. yeah. You only like the secondary was a problem. Rashad Fenton got ruled out on Friday. Trent McDuffie, we sat here last week thinking that he was going to play. Mm. Obviously, he didn't. So they're going into a game with uh, Jalen Watson and Joshua Williams as their part of their nickel package, and they them two had to go up against two elite receivers in. Well, one elite receiver in Stefan Diggs and one very up and coming uh, receiver in Gabe Davis. And obviously we're missing Willie Gay still. That's yeah. a bit, that's a huge loss. Turk Wharton obviously tore his ACL and he was out. So the, the, the defense I thought played well, considering 
Yeah. And and they are flawed. The Chiefs' defense is flawed. Even at full strength, the Chiefs' defense is flawed. But if you'd offered me at nine o'clock on Sunday evening, three o'clock hour ahead time on Sunday afternoon, the Bills are only going to score 24 points today. Mm. You would have bitten my hand off, wouldn't you? Yeah, you would have definitely. Taken, you would have taken it. Mm. Absolutely. You would have you would have fancied my home's chances. And if there were some positive performances on defense. I thought Von Fawn, who had a, a pretty good game, I thought Chris Jones was dis- disruptive at times. Yeah. I thought Frank Clark actually had a, a pretty good game. Mm-hmm. I thought he, he seemed to be active and everywhere, to be honest. Like there, there's been a couple of people pointing out one or two plays that he didn't play particularly well. But I thought overall he's pretty good. He had a couple of reps. There was one in particular where he got off the ball unbelievably quick. But unfortunately, Josh Allen got out, uh, got the ball out even quicker. Mm. And it, it looked like it was going to be a sack immediately for Frank Clark. And I thought he played a pretty good game. The problem with the Chiefs defense was that it, no, I'm not going to sit here and bash on one, one corner, but the Bills have some absolute studs at receiver and they have a and they have a quarterback that can make absolutely any throw that he wants at the moment because that is how well Josh Allen is playing. Mm-hmm. Um he's he's fine just to pull the ball and put the drop the ball into the and Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis spread basket whilst they're running past the corner. He's absolutely fine with that. And when things do break down, you've got the Josh Allen problem. He, he is literally a house. He's so big. He's unlike any other quarterback. He's basically a tight end playing quarterback. Yeah. He is built like like I like any other he's more like Cam Newton, isn't he? Him and Cam Newton, just like so big and just the athletic ability that he has that he will he just poses such a threat in the run game. It's not like Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray where they're, they're, they're looking to evade. Josh Allen's happy to run through or over people or jump over people. Mm-hmm. And it poses such a problem for a Chiefs defense that, that the fact is that they can go for it in fourth down. They can plan to go for it on fourth down. They can call plays that way because they know that they have this alien at quarterback that if it is fourth and short, they can bootleg him out or they can just put him behind the offensive line and let him run through people like quarterback sneaks trying to stop Josh Allen is borderline impossible, especially when you've got people like Gabe Davis running in motion and then pushing him in the back and forcing him over the line. I don't know how you stop that. So if you've got this offense that from everything that I said, should move the ball at will, should score points for fun, should be able to throw the ball at will, should be able to run the ball at will. And they only come away from the game with 24 points. That's absolutely a positive for the Chiefs defense and something that they can look at and see what what they did work for them that they could potentially use in a rematch in January. Yeah. Um, just looking at both the stats for uh, Mahomes and Allen, they, they were very similar in stats again. Yeah. Um, you know, you couldn't really kind of you can't even put like a piece of paper between the stats, really. I mean, Mahomes was 25 for 40, uh, 338 yards. Uh, Allen was 27 for 40, 329 yards. You know, it it's it's uncanny how these two are really kind of good battling it out. And that's what I liked about the game. That's what I really enjoyed it. It was very much two quarterbacks, peak of the powers going at it. Um, and, you know, yeah, you can argue all day about, you know, who's got the better receivers, who's got the best defense, blah, 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 blah. But watching those two battle it out was really, really um, just, just, it was fun, magnificent to watch. And yeah, they, at times they it, both seemed like they were running for their lives though a little bit. Like yeah. <laughs> there was a, there was this one play with which obviously we know about Mahomes when he was running around and looking downfield trying to find a receiver and he couldn't find one, so he went on a little run himself. And then there was another play that Josh Allen looked dead to rights. Yeah, and there was at least three defenders around him, and he managed to evade them all and then run past another one and go for a run. It's just both quarterbacks at the moment are playing at such a level. And yeah, you can say about the interceptions, the the, the last interception, I don't really like, it is what it is. Like players throw game ceiling interceptions all the time when they're trying to chase chase a touchdown with very little time to go. So yeah, you can probably argue about the first interception that Mahomes throw that wasn't great. But overall, Mahomes was very, very good on Sunday. Difference was that Josh Allen didn't make didn't throw any interceptions and when he when it was on his on his shoulders to go win the game he did he's the one that made the game winning drive wasn't it so yeah mm. uh, yeah when you look at the two you're obviously going to feel believe that Josh Allen played better which is probably true um than Mahomes but both of them still played football at a ridiculously high level on Sunday yeah um and again uh receivers Mahomes used seven receivers this week um Allen used eight 
So, you know, there's a lot of ball spreading around, uh, around there. There's, you know, there's a lot of players happening. The other thing that I wanted to actually point out is uh, actually how well Bolton has handled all of this. You know, obviously losing his kind of sidekick uh, mm-hmm. in Willie Gay. And, you know, Bolton, again, one of the top tacklers on the team for, for another, I think it's the second, third straight week or something now. He's, you know, he's becoming such a a, a real kind of presence as a yeah. linebacking core, isn't he? Like I've just listened to the Outer Structure guys yeah. uh, with Ron and Stags, and they're talking about Nick Bowen. Yeah, and he, they're not the only two people talking about Nick Bowen because a lot of people are talking about Nick Bowen, and he's he's coming to some criticism the last couple of days. What? How? And the the theory, the the theory is that he's not very good at run defense, and that he's being targeted in the run game. I just don't think the Chiefs' run defense has been very good. Full stop. And yeah, like you, like you can say that it's Nick Bolton's fault, but it's not all Nick Bolton's fault. Like we have interior defenders that aren't renowned for being very good against the run. Chris mm. Jones, yeah, Colin Saunders. Obviously, Derek Nardi's Nard in there just to be as big as he possibly can, and he's pretty good against run. But Nick Bolton's playing with a backup linebacker next to him he has the green dot as well mm. he has all this responsibility all this stuff going on i think people need to cut him a little bit of slack he's still a second year player he's a yeah he makes player. he's still yeah he makes mistakes all players make mistakes but he's a second year player so like go easy on him yeah obviously the expectation is for him to be amazing every play but that's just not realistic is it he's go- yeah. he's going to make mistakes is what it is and he's missing his running mate He's missing Willie Gay. So when Willie Gay comes back, you like to think that will improve Nick Bolton's play and the overall linebacker unit and the run defense should be a little bit better. And plus, Nick Bolton is probably going to be a bit tentative playing the likes of Josh Allen because he knows that he has that added threat of Josh Allen running. Like, it absolutely has to stall you. As yeah. If you're looking to come downhill and looking to plug gaps you're almost thinking about contain. Like that's what the, it wasn't his assignment, but it's kind of got to be in Nick Bolton's head. It has to be the thought of Josh Allen escaping the pocket and running. So you've, you're going to be a bit tentative. I look forward to seeing Nick Bolton play when Willie Gay comes back. I'm looking forward to watching them two uh, become a pairing again once again this week. And we have to remember, we are literally, what, two and a half weeks from the Chiefs absolutely shutting down the Buccaneers run game to the point where they just stopped throwing altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you can say it was because of circumstances because obviously the offense was much better that day and they had a lead and Tom Brady felt like he had to come front. So it is in there. The Chiefs run defense can be good, mm-hmm. but it's just coming off a rough couple of weeks. But I think there's other pressing needs on this team in terms of looking to approve sooner other than the run defense. Yeah, you can say, all right, we're playing the 49ers this weekend who are probably one of the best Russian teams in the league. And that yeah. is going to be an issue. But if the other side does their does their job better, then run defense becomes less of a pressing need. Mm. Let's uh let's let's discuss some of the uh the downsides to this game. Because there is in any game you're going to get a downside, aren't you? Um but there's quite a fundamental downside, which I think a lot of people are talking about now. And it was actually mentioned recently in Ron Cop Jr.'s article. I don't know if you read that just recently. It was, I think it just got posted about two hours ago. I thought I'll have a quick read of that before I actually go on air. Um, and it was talking about the offensive di- difficulties in the fourth quarter uh, and how the Chiefs are really kind of suffering from the lack of the run game. Um, it was a really good article, really interesting. He dumbed it down to my level, which is good as well. I appreciate that, Ron. Cheers for that. <laughs> <laughs> it's got the crayons out, and he was just drawing. This is this, Brad. This is <laughs> so. Um, so, uh, but yeah, there is a, a, a huge problem there where the Chiefs, if they are leading by a score or tying the game or even you know behind in the game in the fourth quarter, if they have to lean on that run game, they can't do it, and. It's almost forcing Mahomes to actually force the game, force the ball downfield yeah. on in the fourth quarter, which is not really what you want to be doing. When and you're, it's not what he's very good at either. And it's not, no, exactly. Um, and especially in the fourth quarter, where the the game really is coming, you know, it, it, the game is on the line. So suffering from that run, that run game, has hindered the Chiefs in this offense for quite some time. We all think it's because 
you know, Andy Reid's play calling or something like that, he goes a bit soft on, or Spags gets a bit soft on defense and stuff. But it seems to be, from what Ron was saying in this article, it is due to not just the run game, but other things in there as well, which I can't quite put my finger on. I think it was lack of protection as well, which will another thing yeah. we'll get on to as well. But uh, the run game, yeah, clearly there's something, there's a big issue there. I think it's a bit flippant just to say, oh, it's got like, it's not Andy Reid's problem. I, I, I think <laughs> it is. We, we've talked about this. We talked about this last week, I think it was. Mm. It must have been the last couple of shows where we talked about how bad we are with a lead. It was last Terrible. week. We yeah. talked about the Josh McDaniel situation and them going for two points and why they done it. The Chiefs are just bad with a lead. They're just bad in the fourth quarter at the moment. They just don't know how to play situational football. Mm. I don't know for whatever reason, they just cannot get anything going. And I don't understand why the Chiefs can call very good games offensively for the first three quarters. But as soon as it gets to squeaky bum time, Andy Reid gets the bed. And (laughs) sorry for having to put another quack in. But (laughs) it just, it it baffles me. The Chiefs are up three points, weren't they? I think it was on... On um, on Sunday, they had yeah. an opportunity to go and put the game to bed, and they didn't. And you can say, "Oh well, Juju's penalty hurt, helped them win with his taunting," but they got that yardage back pretty quickly. But after that, it was just it was just nothingness from the Chiefs' offense. The inside uh, zone runs, mm. the passing concepts that aren't yeah. working, the protection isn't holding up. It's just they're not in rhythm. They just don't like for whatever reason. It gets to the fourth quarter in a tight game. And they just do not seem to be able to get out of any sticky situations. They mm. cannot seem to get themselves into the sort of rhythm that they've been in for the rest of the game. But once they get in rhythm, they're absolutely fine. But they're just not getting into it. And I don't understand why. Is it is it nervous nervousness? Is it fear? I just, I don't understand what the difference is. Like, may, we talk about the Andy Reid script, how he comes out at games and how he uses that. Maybe he needs to start doing a reverse script of, of how, to, how to close games. Because situationally, at the moment, the Chiefs just aren't doing, aren't being very good. Like, And it's not like the Bills did anything incredible. They were just doing three-man rushes with a quarterback spy and dropping seven other guys into coverage. Mm. That's all it was. It's exactly what the Bengals did in the AFC Championship game in the second half against us. Yeah. And for whatever reason, the Chiefs just couldn't move the ball on it. And it's just, they need to find, they need to figure it out. If they start seeing three-man fronts and four-man fronts, and that's all they're getting, they need to, they need to start, I hate saying it, establishing the run and being, being better to establish the run because that will open up the pass game. But for whatever reason, and I know, I know you want to put it on a certain running back, but for whatever <laughs> reason, it's this offensive line just cannot seem to block for love nor money at the moment. And, and I'll, I will wait for any running back that's having to run behind this offensive line at the moment because it's just, it's just not working for whatever reason. Well, Ron mentioned in this this article as well that uh, it's the issue seems to be that it's the style of the run play as well. Yeah, that's where yeah. it's not a lot of time. It's not a downhill run style no. where um, a lot of the the players that we got in the running back uh, running back stable is they're very much downhill players mm. where we're calling up these sideways kind of, you know, almost like jet sweep kind of players. Yeah, and zone you know, run concepts, yeah. Yeah, just literally trying to get to the, you know, as close mm. to the uh, the sideline as possible. But yeah. like, it's taking it's taken all the power out of it, and we're not utilising the big lads that we have up front. Yeah. And... Let, let, I don't understand why they just don't let them go and engage. And double exactly. team, du- double team the, the free tech or the one tech, double team them. And then just let one of them just try and work upfield to the to the backer, and yeah. then just let whoever it is, Pacheco, McKinnon, and Clyde go up behind them and try and get three or four yards. Because if you're in a situation where the Chiefs are at second and six, yeah. or, or I don't know third and four, then I fancy Mahomes. But they're just not in good situations at the moment. They're like they're they're running into walls. They're getting stuffed, and next you know. It, the, the Bills or these defences are in situations where they feel like they can drop eight into coverage, seven into coverage, because they know the ball is going to get uh, going to be thrown. Mm. It's just it's, it's just not working at the moment for whatever reason. And they've almost kind of like lost their mojo a little bit where they used to be very good closers. They used to be able just to pile on points or run out the games. Like we've seen Derek Gore run out games before, like, but yeah. it, it's just not happening for the Chiefs or for whatever reason at the moment in the fourth quarter. And it's something they do 
do need to figure out because it's now like what how many how many games removed are we from the AFC Championship game? What we're now what what well, that was week five, wasn't it? That, that, that yeah. week six, that last game. So what three of the last seven games the Chiefs have had opportunities to go and win or go and close out a game with their offense and they haven't done it against the Colts, against the Bengals and against the, and now the Bills. And that's three AFC teams that they haven't been able to close out when they've been in very favorable positions with their offense. Just one last thing before we go to the break. Uh, The other thing that was mentioned in the article as well, which was actually tying in nicely with what what I was actually going to say. Is Ron, are you on... Are you on his payroll? I'm loving Ron this week. I'm picking oh. him up big time because, yeah, because yeah, like I said, he's got the crayons out and he's showing me the way. This is the way. He's showing me exactly what you're on. Right? You're on commission for him. <laughs> I've, I've, I've never heard you. I've never heard you hype up one of my articles like this before. Come on, <laughs> you man. Write, you write articles, do you, Tom? Do you know that? <laughs> <laughs> Says he was never. I was probably written one while I've been here. <laughs> no, but uh, it, it did actually coincide with what I was actually thinking as well but uh i'd seen quite a lot of the uh the, the chat on socials as well that the lack of protection is a big thing and i saw an actual uh i, I saw a tweet believe it or not it it had a stat on here which um kind of really frightened me and it was uh wiley has been credited with nine total pressures and three sacks allowed in that last game brown ended with seven total pressures allowed these guys are a legit problem right now it says so Straight yeah. away there, you've got two tackles who are leaking like mad. Um and and causing causing Mahomes to make real kind of quick decision plays that are actually it's breaking down the whole kind of offensive unit going forward. Um and when you've got I mean, having one tackle is bad enough who's be, being leaking. Having, but having both of them. Yeah, do you remember when um Orlando Brown turned down a mega contract in the summer? Yeah, yeah, that was a bit silly, wasn't it? Um, yeah, he I just signed that contract. Uh, yeah, I. They're bad. They're yeah. just bad at the moment. Like, for whatever reason, they just can't seem to be left alone. And that is what Andy Reid likes to do. He likes to lead, leave his tackles on an island, and they just can't be trusted. Even in like the game defining play at the end, with Mahomes throwing the interception, mm. while he had help. But Von Miller still manages to escape. And obviously, Von Miller is a Hall of Fame edge rusher. Like grip, he, he is a, a generational type defensive player. And you have to give kudos to him. And he was incredible. Well done, Mr. Miller. You finally turned up at Arrowhead. But um, <laughs> yeah, he, he, like he was incredible. But they just looked like they couldn't live with the Bills' defense at all, either of them. And it, the same happened the week before against the Raiders. They they done pretty good against against mm-hmm. the uh, the Bucks to be fair and but I I put that down to Shaq Barrett running his mouth but the last two weeks <laughs> they've just been bad and they've, they've given up pressure after pressure and what's happening is that Mahomes is having to run for his life and we're asking these receivers to try and get open early and like they're in man coverage and they almost need some of these routes to to develop before Mahomes can get the ball out but yeah it's just not happening for them because. Th- for whatever reason, Wiley and Orlando Brown can't seem to pass protect. And I'm starting to wonder whether we see Lucas Niang before long or Derek Kennard or Prince Tego Wanoho. I can't say his name, I'm sorry. But I'm, I'm, I'm starting to wonder where we see these guys or maybe call Eric Fisher up, see what he's doing. Yeah, Mate, give him, give him at, a call. At like, this moment, I'm actually just Googling now, just trying to check if Mitch Schwartz has actually retired or not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I want him back. Oh, Bring back Jeff Swartz as well. Play him out right tackle. <laughs> um. Yeah, it it just it, it is a dire situation, uh, and it's something that we were we were kind of crowing about at the beginning of the season, weren't we? Saying, "Oh, this is probably one of the best offensive lines that uh, the league's got." Um, you know, Veach has rebuilt this offensive line, but I mean, it's great in the interior, really good. Yeah, but the outside is just like it, it's a car crash. Yeah, I just I don't know. I don't. I don't. I'm looking at the draft already, and I, I'm not seeing. I'm not being one of these guys. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> but you know, I'm not being one of these guys that are saying, "Oh, the season's over. We need to start looking ahead to to next year free agency." I'm not. I'm to be clear. Be, be clear. I'm not. Tom's but, Twitter is at Tom Charles. <laughs> yeah, but get on him. 
<laughs> unless there's some drastic improvement from the tackles, that offensive tackle absolutely has to be priority number one this year. Yeah. Regardless of wide, what happens with wide receiver, regardless of what happens um, at edge, offensive tackle has to be priority number one next year because you can't have three very good interior linemen and then just have two players on the outside who just might as well not be there. It's just, they might as well just save all the money and put me in Europe right and left tackle. Like, yeah. Yeah, to yeah. Be fair, I, I've played left tackle before. I've played two games at left tackle. I, I played centre in flag. In, in flag, yes. He, <laughs> well, fair enough. Uh, yeah, I actually played left tackle for two games. I got asked to fill in. And right, to be fair to all offensive tackles, right? I've played a lot of sport. I've tried a lot of different sports. Mm. The two games that I had at left tackle were the two like worst hours of my entire life. Like they were awful. Like just I was a turnstile. Every time I put my hands up, I got bad away, clumped on the edge, just like ball rush. It just it, it just didn't work for me. Like but I'm surprised I got asked to play a second game, put it this way. So I I I respect that it is extremely hard position to play, but I don't do it for a living. And I don't ask for $100 million contracts to do it. And if you're going to ask for a $100 million contract or you're going to ask to be the highest paid left tackle in the league, you better be good at it. And at the moment, Orlando Brown just just isn't. And I'm kind of okay. Like I'm not okay with who Wiley is, but we know who Wiley is. Yeah. But Orlando Brown, like way to like mess up your contracts. They say the contract year is undefeated. It absolutely is defeated based on what we've seen this year so far. You know, there was there's been a bit of chat in in our little kind of WhatsApp group, wasn't there, where we've been talking about how do we fix this? If we were if we were the GM or we we're Andy Reid, how do we fix this offensive line like right now using the players that we've got? And I suggested putting him in at guard, and there was some people thinking, no, I probably would try him at right tackle first because that's where he used to play for the Ravens, didn't he? And he was actually yeah. really good there. So is it worth just really kind of swapping him around and just going, well, you played brilliantly there last time. Go on there now and we'll stick Wiley on the left or something and see if, see if at least if we can, you know, kind of cut our he losses. He won't buy that, bit. though. He yeah, well, no, that. but and almost like cutting your losses in a way where we're thinking, well, you know, at least at least sure up one side and yeah. then the other side... Uh, and you then know. just lean over all protection help from running back to the left tackle to from here on in. Yeah. <laughs> just just put just put a backup tackle next to Mahomes every single play. <laughs> just, <laughs> just put him there. Put a full back and a half back and uh, just, just surround him. <laughs> put a tight end in there as well, probably. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it, it it's it's something that the you know the, the guys at the they need to figure out. out. They yeah, absolutely they have to figure out. out. Because if they can't figure out, you can't have like, I, I, I refuse to have like a, more like defensive linemen mm. ruin another Mahomes postseason. Yeah. I just can't, I can't be doing it. And I especially can't be dealing with three man rushes, like stalling the Chiefs offense. That just cannot happen. Yeah. It, it can't. We saw it happen in the AFC Championship game in the second half. We saw it happen again on Sunday. It just can't. You've got five, like simple mass. Tell us that if there's three men rushing, that five men should be able to deal with them. Yeah. Like they should, they should be okay. But for whatever reason, these three man rushes, they just seem to be problematic for the Chiefs offensive line. And it's just unacceptable and it, it needs to be addressed. Now, Andy Reid knows it as well. You can tell in the press conferences that he's not overly happy with the offensive line. He called them out before the Bucks game after what happened in Indianapolis. They've responded. Um, he was. They responded in the Bucks game, rather. Yeah. But after that, it's kind of gone to pot again, and I, I feel like they're probably getting a bit of a roasting from Andy Reid as we speak. Mm-hmm. I know we always joke that uh, Brett Veach listens to this podcast, but if we find that Orlando Brown Jr. is either playing as a guard or a right tackle in the next game, you know he's listening to this podcast <laughs> <laughs> for sure. You know he is. <laughs> Right then, uh, we talked a lot there, mate. Let's have a quick break. And when we get back, we'll be checking out the Arrowhead Pride Power Rankings. Hi there, and welcome back to the Great British Chiefs show with Brad and Tom. Power Rankings time. And we need to find out who the top five teams are this week after this week six 
kind of clash. And uh, I also would like to know who is the bottom, the worst team. Can they all be the worst team? Like, the league is shit. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, this is the worst the NFL's ever been, I'm convinced. Do you know, after seeing how my fantasy team's going at the moment, I agree with you because there's players on there that should be doing so, so well and they're being terrible. And I don't know if it's the bad quarterback play or whether it's the actual players just can't be asked or yeah. what. But it's, just, it's weird. It's just a bad league. It's yeah. just bad. There is so much mediocrity in it. And I, I talk about this in my intro, Power Rankings, hashtag spoiler alert. But right now, what? There's, what, three good teams in the league? Yeah. And the rest of them are all just... Just crap. You can't trust anyone. You cannot trust any of these teams now. The Packers losing at home to the Jets. The the Steelers losing. What's going on there? The Steelers lose um, beating the Bucks. Like, just the league's just he's drunk. He's drunk. (laughs) It's no home. It's drunk. It is. They call it an. All of a sudden, the Patriots. The Patriots are kind of relevant again. The defending Super Bowl champions are horrendous. Aren't the Patriots yes. using a third quarterback or something? Yeah, but they're doing all right now. The, hell? the Falcons are running the football over the 49ers. Like, just the, the league is just bonkers. And I just don't understand it. Like, the, doing these rankings is becoming harder and harder and harder. Mm. I almost want to, because obviously we do a score. We The way we do it is we do a score for every team. And then obviously we add that score up. The less points you get, the higher up the ranking you are. Mm. And. I almost just want to go like, oh, Eagles, Bills, Chiefs, one, two, three. Yeah. And then just give maximum points to every other team because they are just all so bad. <laughs> so bad. Like the Giants are playing well yet to be admittedly, but mm. how long will that last? We'll have to wait and see. They've got Daniel Jones at quarterback, so you can't really trust them. The Jets, again, how long can you trust them yeah. for? There's just, there's so many bad teams in this in the NFL this year, and I just cannot remember a league. Like offensive production is way down. Mm. across the board quarterback plays not great the the AFC West obviously was talked about being about this amazing def- division and it's just turned into a snore fest and just plain boring it's just it's just awful and to be fair the teams at the bottom of the, the pile are like historically bad they're just so bad like there's a cluster of four teams at the bottom of the league the commanders the Be- uh, the bears the texans and the panthers mm. And I just cannot remember a collection of four teams being as bad as those four teams. Like they are, all of them are unwatchable, like just God awful. And they just, like any stars that they do have, they just need to be traded just for the sake of those players because I wouldn't want to be them, regardless of how much money you've been paid. Like, do you want to be stuck in Carolina at the moment? Imagine being CMC or Brian Burns or yeah. DJ Moore. Got talent, but you're stuck in that franchise. For Robbie Anderson's got out. Yeah. Robbie Anderson's obviously gone to the Cardinals. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, the Panthers are bottom. The Panthers are 32nd. I don't expect them to move from that spot all year. I, I firmly believe that they will end up being uh, the 32nd. They're going to go a route down there, yeah. They're, they're going to be picking first in Kansas City. I'm I'm pretty convinced they will be. Mm, okay. Who's, uh, who's fifth? This goes to show how bad the league is. And I'm a bit disappointed in my Arrowhead Pride brothers and sisters right now because somehow we've basically we've ended up with the same five teams as last week. And it's not the same order, mm. but the Cowboys and the Ravens both lost this weekend, yet they're both still in the top five. How? I don't know. I don't the Arrowhead Pride team are drunk as well. Um, <laughs> they need to to watch these games. These yeah, games. yeah. I mean, that's the other thing, though. We haven't even spoke about the the, the prime time games that we're, that the Broncos have been somehow getting that have yeah. been causing absolute ball fest. Yeah, I mean, it, it feels like the NFL is trying to nuke its own it, its own prime times. <laughs> yeah, it's weird on the on the eve of the NBA season starting as well. You only like, come on. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, Crazy. just awful. So yeah, the Ravens are fifth, the Cowboys are fourth, the Chiefs are third, and that's um, to be expected. The Eagles are now second, uh, they dropped them down, and the Bills have moved up to first after beating us, which is probably fair. Although the, the Eagles have a better record, the Bills now have that big win on their resume um, to um, push them up to number one. So yeah, the the Bills currently sit as the uh, AP's number one team, and yeah, I, I, I tend to agree. Yeah. Right. Cheers for that, mate. 
Put this way, I don't think I'm going to be watching the bye week. <laughs> no, 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 I, think, I think I might actually take an actual, an actual week off that week. I just, oh, <laughs> yeah. you know I, I, I just can't watch the NFL, especially primetime Broncos. Oh, I'm, I'm, at the, I'm, at, I'm at the NFL on bye week thinking about it. It's, no, we both are. We're both literally going to be watching the Broncos because oh, we're going to be at Wembley. <laughs> <laughs> Well, no. that's the bye week, isn't it? It's the Chiefs' bye week is when Jaguars Broncos at Wembley Stadium, and we're going to be together watching it. Brad, do you want these tickets? Yeah, I'll have them. Yeah, I'll watch the Broncos. <laughs> oh man, we need suggestions to what signs we can hold up in Wembley Stadium that are anti Russell Wilson. Tell you what, we'll watch it from outside. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We'll go through the gates and we'll just hit the pub or something. I don't know. Oh, God. I can't believe we're, yeah, we're doing that, aren't we? Yeah, we get to go and watch the Trevor Lawrence-led <gasps> Jacksonville offense versus the Russell Wilson-led Denver Broncos that offense. That might actually be... be the worst game that I'll ever watch live. No, I went to I went to a game in St. Louis a few years ago. I went to St. Louis versus uh, Arizona on a Thursday night football in 2014. It was during yeah. a trip to KC. I went over to St. Louis and it was 12-6 and there were six field goals. That was pretty bad. Oh my God. Um, yeah. <laughs> this, might, pretty... this might give it a run for its money. Though, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, right then, let's talk about the Chiefs at the Niners, Levi Stadium. Uh, the Niners, they've, they've had a bit of a rough season. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, because uh, their strength of schedule has is probably one of the weakest that I've seen, especially the first few weeks. Mm-hmm. And looking at their previous games, I mean, they've had some, they've had a real bad time, and it's surprising, really. I, I, I'm, I feel surprised by it because of the players and the talents, the, the talent they've got. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't really kind of put my finger on what the hell it is that's making this team implode, but they have steadily been getting better. I mean, um, steadily in the stats department. Um, I mean, I look at the stats, especially <laughs> like, Jimmy Garoppolo, who I said gets the job done a few a few episodes ago. Um, he he has been kind of eking those stats out a little bit more each time, each week. Um, and but it's 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 almost like to no avail, isn't it? Really, because no matter what they seem to do, they seem to implode. Um, I mean, the, yeah, they're not the imploding, Brad. Like they're three and three, but I mean, but they've got. They, there's a couple of games that really. Have you seen how many players they've had out injured? This yeah, year? but like, if you right, okay, let's right, let's go through the 49ers injuries, right? Okay, and on, let's, let's let's go through their injuries and let's name the Chiefs equivalent of said player, and then imagine if the Chiefs lost these players, right? Quarterback Trey Lance, so. Chiefs lose Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, it's not in the same. Obviously, it's not in the same. But you know what I mean. <laughs> Running back Elijah Mitchell, Clyde Edwards-Helaire. You'd be happy about that, but you know, uh, you're still. Anyways, <laughs> I would not be happy about it. Uh, right, top. tight end Tyler Croft. So tight end too. So let's say they lose Blake Bell. Okay, the Chiefs lost Blake Bell. Yeah. Left tackle Trent Williams. The Chiefs lose Orlando Brown. I'd be pretty happy about that. So, <laughs> you're not going well for you this, Tom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, a good argument. Here. Right, right tackle Mike McGlinchey. Okay, yeah, again, Andrew White. But anyway, <laughs> this is so bad. <laughs> on the defensive side of things is probably where it's like a little bit more yeah. like relevant, okay? Yeah. Defensive end, Nick Bosa. Okay, so... Like, okay, fair one. Right. Fair so, one. Say Kyle Aftis is out, right? Yeah. Um. Then uh, Jordan not, Willis. comparing Kyle Jordan, with, No, 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 no. But this, this is what I'm saying, like about yeah. losing the starters, right? Defensive end, Jordan Willis. Okay, like, let, let's say that's... Frank Clark, defensive tackle, Eric Armstead, Chris Jones. All right, yeah. Cornerback, Emmanuel Mosley, Trent McDuffie. Cornerback, Charveris Ward, Rashad Fenton. Cornerback, Jason Verrett, Legereus Sneed. Safety, Jimmy Ward, one Thornhill. Now imagine if the Chiefs lost all of those players. and We they almost were free... have. We yeah, almost but, have, though. That's the problem. Imagine, <laughs> imagine if we were free and free and we lost all those players. You, you would be... Singing from the rooftops about how great Andy Reid and Brett Veach are, about depth and how well they've done. I think it is a miracle that the 49ers are free and free and that they are still well in contention of the uh, NFC West. On their day and when they're fit, with that squad, with that roster and that coach, especially that coach, this team are amazing. And they've just been flat out unlucky. Fortunately for them, a lot of these injuries aren't 
long term they could they will be back this year and I just hope for the 49ers sake because I think football's better when the 49ers are a good team by the way I hope for their sake that when they do eventually all come back fit and healthy they're they're not too far behind to the point where they can't get them back themselves into Mm. playoff contention like I want the 49ers in the NFC playoffs because I think on their day they're an extremely entertaining team to watch the way they run the football is better than I've seen any team do it for the last few years so yeah I like the 49ers. I just think you're being extremely hard on them to say, oh, they're a bit of a shambles because they're free and free with that injury list. I, I'm, well, I they have been a bit of a there. shambles. I mean, well, one of the wins they had was against the Panthers. Come on, everybody's beating the Panthers at the minute. <laughs> I, don't know. I just don't know. Like they've, they've had everything to deal with. They, obviously, they, they, the Trey Lance injury was like, mad and obviously i hope he comes back and obviously off his ankle dislocation yeah i hope he'd be fine but i've had jimmy g to bring back into it a, he's been just, getting better jimmy g yeah I think he's been steadily getting better so i mean whether it's because you know they are probably starting to get a few you know, player back now and again but uh, you know he's, he's steadily getting better he's steadily steadily getting into the swing of things again and um but we have put it this way in the rankings we have them pretty high in the rankings we have the 49ers ninth in our power yeah and that's because i think that's down to both because we know how good they will be when they're all back and the fact that they're putting up a respectable season and sitting at 500 with what's going on they deserve all the kudos they're there again i think i think you're being extremely harsh on them mr simcox Uh, i think you're very very generous for ninth jeez (laughs) no chance i'm just checking a a scoreline here because i think i've got it wrong here yes i did I got, I got them down here. I actually brought it down wrong. I had them at the beginning of the season, seventeen and zero against the uh, the Texans, and then nineteen and zero against the uh, the Bears. But it was nineteen ten. So uh, yeah, I'm a little bit harsh on that on that front. But um, I mean, like, okay, let's let's look at what they have got. Let's look at the let's let's yeah. let's look at the key players that they have got because yeah. you know when you look at the players like Debo Samuel, George Kittle. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo um, and an Ayuk. Yeah, exactly. He actually game. had a really good game last game. Yeah. I'll, I'll give him credit there. He was, he was, uh, you know, was, he's probably the guy to watch in this more than anyone. I think is Ayuk. Um, but um, Debo Samuel is, he's a phenomenal dual threat. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, he, he's rushing and he's, he's, he's pass catching. He's such an unpredictable player, is Debo Samuel, and. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that kind of worries me the most out of this. So he's one of my key players in this, obviously, clearly. Um, would you say Ayuk is yours, or would you say would you go for somebody, no. somebody else here? I, I, it depends who they just have around in the football, to be honest, because that's, that's always been the good thing about the 49ers, is like, especially the year that they met us in the Super Bowl. They seem they seem to just have like running back after running back after running back. It just didn't seem to matter. They managed to run over any team. And uh, if I'm the Chiefs, by going off the last two defensive performances, especially against the run, I'm a little bit com- uh, concerned about this. What, what you're hoping for is that maybe the because the 49ers don't possess like the passing potential that, say, the, the Raiders and obviously the Bills had, that the Chiefs may be able to key in on the run game a little bit. But I'll be interested to see how the Chiefs do react to the 49s if they just decide to actually, right, we're just going to put this ball in whoever's belly it is and we're just going to let them run, try and run all over the Chiefs. And that's what they've done in the Super Bowl against us. They've done that very well in the Super Bowl against us. The reason why the 49s lost that Super Bowl was two reasons. One of them was Patrick Mahomes. And the other reason was the fact that the 49s just abandoned the run altogether. And you must imagine that that... You've got to imagine that that sits in the back of Carl Shanahan's mind a little bit. That must keep him up at nights at the time because they had that game in hand. They, the, the Super Bowl was in hand for the 49ers, but for whatever reason, they just abandoned what they'd done well all of that season and just said, actually, we're not going to do this in the crunch time. Similar to what like the Chiefs have been doing in, in later games recently, <laughs> abandoning what they're good at. Yeah. But I should imagine that Carl Shanahan will look to implement that game plan going forward this weekend. And especially we've got the same sort of players on the field and those players will still be hurting. Jimmy G played that night. George Kittle played that night. Brandon Ayuk played that night. Some of the offensive line played that night. Some of the defensive players played that night. Fred Warner played that night. There's going to be plenty of players on that 49ers side of the field that are going to just be like, 
itching for revenge and looking to right the wrongs that night similar to like what we did a couple of weeks ago in tampa mm. it's not gonna it's not gonna completely heal those wounds but it's gonna help them get get over it a little bit so you've got that extra bit of motivation so yeah overall i think you're looking at this 49ers team you're thinking oh, if they really commit to the run the chiefs have a problem on sunday do you think they actually will treat this as a revenge game or anything to try and generate some kind of energy in that locker room they've got energy in the locker room already brad <laughs> That you don't you don't win three games out of six with that injury list if you haven't got the right mindset in that locker room. Yeah, that, but this, that injury, this that game in- surely adds some more spice to it. Oh it? yeah, absolutely. Oh, absolutely, it will do. It, it, you'd be mad to think it doesn't. Like yeah. we saw it with the Chiefs firsthand a couple of weeks ago that they used that the Super Bowl as fuel to to absolutely destroy the Bucks. I'm sure the, the Niners will come in uh, with a similar sort of mindset. I'm, I'm sure they're not saying, oh, we want to destroy the Chiefs because they know it's probably not realistic. But yeah. there's certainly probably a little bit more added motivation for them to beat the Chiefs considering what happened in Miami what, two and a half years ago. Do the 49ers have enough in their, in their pass rush here to actually really kind of upset the Chiefs in this game? Is this something that we should really be concerned about in this, especially against a weakened defense in the 49ers it depends if Nibosa plays or not doesn't it is he, <laughs> is he actually he's in contention he's, he's in contention to play he's only he, he is in contention to return against the Chiefs and we'll like I don't we'll like what happened in the Super Bowl like he was dominant in the Super Bowl and that was against, against Wiley Wilson. can you imagine that <laughs> yeah oh. Oh, Men against oh. boys. Yeah. <laughs> it really was. Um, like against the, the Falcons, the 49ers only got two sacks. But yeah. it was hard for them to get sacks because the Falcons just weren't throwing the football. The Falcons threw the football 14 times. Yeah. And they, they ran the ball 40 times. So there was a clear plan from the, 49, uh, from the Falcons that all they were interested in doing was running the ball down the, uh, the 49ers' throat. And we're sitting here saying, oh, we... We kind of want the Chiefs to establish the run a little bit. Maybe they, sh- maybe this is a game for them to do it to try and get some rhythm again. Like we've seen that they can commit to a run for quite a quite a substantial amount of time before in games, but mm. it happens few and far between. Like the, the <laughs> I'm just looking at these running attempts for for the Falcons. Like two of their running backs had 15 or more running attempts. Like can you imagine that? Like seeing Andy Reid just calling up 16 runs for Clyde and 15 <laughs> runs for Isaiah Pacheco on, on Sunday. Running, boys. Just keep running. Yeah, I just, I just, I can't see it. Mario had six running attempts himself. Like yeah. I personally don't want to give Fred Warner any opportunity to, to hit Patrick Mahomes for a running attempt. But um, yeah. Especially I, with his history with him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, I, 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 I don't know. The, the, I think the 49ers defense will get home because to sit here and say that they won't, is like kind of arrogant considering how badly Orlando Brown and Orlando, oh, Andrew Wiley played on Sunday. But then yeah. you can look at it from the other side and go, actually, maybe they're going to have a bounce back game. Maybe and Andy Heck and Andy Reid is going to be on their case that much that they turn into some protection gods on like uh, on Sunday. I, I don't know, but if Nick Bosa plays, I, I worry. <laughs> I do worry because <laughs> yeah. we've seen firsthand what that guy can do to Chiefs right tackles and how he can spook my homes a little bit. So, yeah, I, I'm kind of hoping that Nick Bosa sits out another week personally. Yeah, well, yeah, I would as well because uh, we both saw it uh, at the Super Bowl. And, and just while we're on this, you've got a lovely picture behind you there of uh, me and you at the Super Bowl there, mate. That's lovely. That's okay. That's it's memories. <laughs> that that picture is actually my cabinet. It's the only picture I've got of you in my cabinet. I've got a, I've got the same picture in my office as well. Oh yeah! Oh, yeah. that's sweet. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh. I was going to say I've got it next to my bed, and I look at you every night before I go to sleep. But you know. Well, yeah. I mean, I would admit that as well. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I might I might replace the picture of my kids in my wallet of me and you <laughs> in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Who's that? That's my boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> this was our wedding. My life partner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, I agree. Uh, you know, if if Nick Boss comes back, that's a big, big problem for us. Um, yeah. And you can't see Andy Reid going to a run game when you've got Patrick Mahomes yeah. uh, as your quarterback either, can you? So the temptation there to use Mahomes too much in the passing yeah. game is is going to be there. Um, I'll tell you what the Chiefs should do is they should really test their receivers and just put them one-on-one against Charvarius Ward because that's what we done whenever we had Charvarius Ward playing. We always yeah. say, oh, so you go, go to your race. Well, go, they go and cover Jamar Chase one-on-one. See how you get on with that. 
Like <laughs> may, maybe that's what we should do to to Traverius Ward. Let, 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 let that be like the measuring stick of our receivers. Like if you've got MVS and you put him up against Traverius Ward, and I like Traverius Ward, he's a very good servant for the Chiefs, but we all know that he struggled in one-on-one coverage against very good receivers. Well, let's see how good our receivers are. Go on, MBS. You had a rubbish game against the Bills. Oh, he did. Go, go, go play one-on-one against Charverius Ward and see how you get on against him. And if he comes away with it empty-handed, you might as well just bench him and start playing Sky more more often. Do you know what? I, I, from the limited time we've seen Sky Moore, I've really enjoyed seeing him. Um, yeah. I, I really want to kind of see more Sky Moore uh, yeah. going forward. More, more, more. <laughs> How do you like it? How do you like it more? Um, so hopefully that's what the plan is because uh, it seems to be... He was taking off uh, punt return, wasn't he? Kick returns. Uh, I think, was it Pacheco who was returning? I mean, Pacheco's been returning kicks all year. And yeah, it's, Pacheco's been returning kicks all yeah. year and it's uh, been Skymore on punt returns. Yeah. But Skymore snaps are going up. They're going yeah. up and up and up. And we all know about the Andy Reid offense and how hard it is for receivers. And it takes them a little while to embed into it. It took it took Tyreek Hill enough time to get into the Andy Reid offense. I'm hoping now that as the season goes on, especially after the bye week, mm. uh, Sky Moore's production goes up and up and up and his snap count goes up and his role in the offense just uh, increases week by week. The come playoff game that he is a uh, playoff times that he is a real factor in the Chiefs passing game because it's certainly there. The potential's there. Mahomes to Sky Moore had a lovely hook up on Sunday yeah. where um, Sky Moore ran across the route and somehow Mahomes rolled to his left and fired the ball across the field and mm. hit Sky Moore in stride. It was a bloody ridiculous throw to be honest probably the best throw of the entire game and um but yeah if they can start getting that work a little bit then yeah it should be it should be good for the Chiefs offense to are, are badly missing uh production from their receivers at the moment yeah yeah all right then predictions i'm gonna go i think the chiefs win go, go on, on. Go on. No, are you go gonna on. say 31 20 yeah 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 okay who are you you're so predictable <laughs> You are so predictable. <laughs> like, like, I don't know. It's so... almost like I saw it in a vision. I don't know. You are so predictable. <laughs> You're such a plain man, aren't you? Like, if you were a packet of crisps, you would be ready salted. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I do get salty from time to time. Now, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to go 31 20. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think the Chiefs will win. Yeah. I think they've got to win. They, they can't afford to drop any more games. Not in the next few weeks anyway. They need to put some wins together and put some pressure on Buffalo because that number one seed is certainly favourite for them at the moment. But um, I think the Chiefs win. I think the 49ers do score points because I think they'll be able to run over the Chiefs. Mm. I do, even with the addition of or return of Willie Gay and potentially Trent McDuffie. Um, Kyle Shanahan's run games are just very good and that's not that if they do run over the Chiefs it's not an indictment of the the Chiefs run run defense I'm not going to judge them on how they do against Kyle Shanahan's run uh, uh, run concepts because he's 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 a god for that type of thing right like he's writing the book on the modern run game so I, I I'm not bothered if they struggle against him I'll get I'll be bothered if the Chiefs passing offense uh passing defense struggles against Jimmy G. Now that's a completely different story. But I, I, <laughs> what, and he I, rushes. Yeah. <laughs> rushes from so the I, do, I do think I do think the 49ers will score points, but just not that many. I think the 49ers maybe oh, I don't know, let's say 23. Um the Chiefs, I think the offense gets back to where we expect it to be and scores 35. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. I wonder if uh, Frank Clark smells blood in the water. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, right then, that's all we've got time for this week. Uh, but before we go, we just want to give a shout out to uh, a couple of people who have left us some lovely, lovely reviews on Apple Podcasts. Um, don't know the names because we just know them as BB in KC and BKL9678. Mm. Because uh, lovely, really nice uh, comments that they said on there saying that they, they really enjoyed the podcast and everything. But one of them actually said that uh, they liked our fancy accents. Yeah, I don't know. I don't understand how you've is that you or me got a fancy? Yeah. <laughs> you have not got a fancy accent. You barely I... speak English. <laughs> it's kind of like almost Scottish, isn't it? In a way, I suppose. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but no, we really appreciate those, appreciate yeah. those because uh... and I especially enjoy listening to Pete read them out as well, because like he 
he's boss man, isn't he? He fancies says Billy Big Balls, doesn't he? He's like, oh, look at me. I'm the editor of the show. I'll get all the reviews. So when he has to read ones out about us, you can just tell he's done through gritted teeth. He he wants that he wants the editor show to be the most reviewed podcast, but then you've got this plucky upstart in the Buffalo Bills, the Great British Chief Show that are coming up and taking all the reviews. Just keep <laughs> keep sending them his way. Come on. Keep exactly. doing it. Exactly. I don't even think Pete listens to this, so he won't even know that I've said that unless Steve tells him. Do you, do you know what? I think he probably feels aggrieved that he has to kind of load praise for an Arsenal fan. I yeah. think that's probably, yeah, that's probably, yeah, I'm sure he reads them out through gritted teeth. One thing to mention before we actually leave is we're not going to be here next week. It's no. the bye week and we're taking the week up. Well, we're going to be going watching the Broncos versus the Jags in our bye week. <laughs> <laughs> Whoop de doo. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, anyway. Uh, stick around on the Outhead Pride Podcast Network for more Chiefs content. And of course, keep up to date with everything Chiefs with daily content on our website, arrowheadpride.com. But all that's left to say here is from one kingdom to another, we'll speak to you again soon. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.